tribe. It's Gaia. How are you all? How are you feeling? I hope that wherever you may be, you are safe, feeling blessed, and totally in your element. This episode will mark my very first podcast episode ever. So I'm feeling definitely excited. It's something I've always wanted to do, but you know, wasn't sure if I was the right fit for it. You know what I mean? Have you ever felt this way, hesitating to do something because you weren't sure if you were quote-unquote right for it? But then it hit me. How do we know what's the right fit? If we keep doing only the things that we are comfortable with, well, we will always be uncomfortable with the idea of doing something that is out of our norm. And listen, I know that we can all come up with some really solid reasons why it may seem like a good idea to stick to your niche once you've found it. I've probably used those same reasons in my life, to be honest. But, you know, speaking of honesty, sticking solely to our niche can shackle us in a way. And sometimes without meaning to and without even realizing it. Because our mind is extremely cunning because of its ability to manipulate and use some of our deep-rooted fears, insecurities, and doubts against us. And one thing I believe we all have in common is our shared apprehension of the unknown. I think a great example of this will be riding a roller coaster for the first time. Vibe with me here, okay? And and let's take a trip down memory lane for a sec. Try to remember what that moment was like for you. Maybe before going to the amusement park, you were all excited, maybe a bit nervous, but overall, totally pumped to finally get to experience what the hype was all about, right? Naturally. Maybe you were finally tall enough or something. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, that was my case. But... Then came the moment, (laughs) the moment to actually get on the roller coaster. And as you waited on what was probably the most ridiculous long line ever, because let's be real, your attitude towards the ride goes from daredevil to suddenly feeling tense. All of a sudden, your heart starts to beat a little faster. Maybe your breathing starts to change. You're sweating. Maybe you've gone quiet. And this is all happening as a response to the activity in our minds. It's during moments like these, treading an unknown territory, that is, the mind goes on overdrive and starts formulating all these crazy scenarios about what the experience would be like. From safety to questioning if it's even worth it, maybe even looking at other people who's about to ride who finished a ride for more clarification and that's the thing right what is so ironic even though the experiences of others may not be the same as ours because we're all different and so experience things differently we still during these kinds of moments would factor in other people's experiences because they have done it while we have not I mean, that's at least how the mind attempts to reassure itself and ultimately has a huge impact on how we physically proceed in our life in the material world. It's kind of like a trickling down effect. It's interesting how our mind works. 
but it's only natural because it's a learned condition. We've been conditioned from a very early age to think before we do, having adults literally drill into us that there are consequences for everything that we do. And for the sake of our safety and survival, we must always consider what will happen if we do X, Y, and Z versus ABC, which can keep our desire to explore our curiosities and impulses to a bare minimum, right? However, it's important to know, especially as adults, that while we are taught these necessary skills, we must also recognize that we aren't taught the importance of balancing, specifically the necessary balance between idealism and realism. Because too much of one and little of the other can be detrimental to our well-being, and that's on period. And when it comes to the matters of the mind, well, there is an important distinction between being the master of your mind and our minds being the master of us. And the same can be said for the matters of the heart. Living with an imbalance of the heart and mind can cause one to feel anxious, depressed, irritable, empty, alone, helpless, lost, and so much more. So what do we do? How do we become more aligned so that we can authentically say and feel that we are truly the master of our minds and the master of our hearts, thus the master of our lives? Well, two things. Self-assurance and trust. These two key ingredients are like the superfruits to a really nutritious, refreshing smoothie, my friends. Like, one of those feel-good, I-have-the-energy-to-take-anything-on type of smoothies, okay? (laughs) To become more balanced, we must make a conscious effort to become aware of our thought patterns. The ones that we consciously think about and the ones that creep up on us when we least expect it, like when we are doing dishes or driving or whatever. And in order to make things visibly easier, I would recommend writing it down somewhere like in a journal that only you have access to. This is so important. Write down your thoughts, your feelings, memories, literally anything that comes to your mind. But remember to be completely honest This exercise is not for you to judge yourself or shame yourself. In fact, it is the complete opposite. Because in order to begin the process of becoming more aware of our mental thought patterns and feelings, we must first pinpoint what we need to focus on. Think of this part like going to the doctors. In order for a doctor to assess and treat you, they must first find the source of the pain and they can only do that with x-rays and blood tests, right? Things that internally can assess you because it's not enough to assess your wounds or overall health by surface level appearances. I mean, I hope not. Please get a new doctor if that's the case for you. (laughs) So just so we're clear, we're diving deep here, tribe. And if you want, if you want to take it to a whole nother level, include some dialogue, conversations you've had with others how you answered, how you were feeling while they were speaking, what you were thinking about when they were speaking. I mean, did you find yourself censoring yourself? You know, just be unique, have fun with this. 
But when you have a, have a chance, sit down with your thought journal and reflect on all that you have written down. Note any differences in perspectives and feelings from the time you wrote about and the time you're reading it. And dive even further by breaking down the meaning of those thoughts, specifically determining how they came to be. Like for example, let's go back to my admitting to you that it took me to get myself out of my own way to make and publish this podcast. Well, before I came to this consensus, because it was not a walk in the park, I was juggling thoughts like, what if people don't like me? Or find my content useful? What if I was a waste if it was a waste of time? What if I embarrass myself? And this is the number one. Ready? There are so many other podcasts out there. How can I even compare? I was literally self-sabotaging myself without realizing it or meaning to, but doing so nonetheless. That's the fact. And what made me confident and basically say, so what, I'm going to do it anyways, was realizing that these thoughts and low self-esteem issues came from deep, deep-rooted wounds that spilled and tainted how I viewed myself and how I believed others would view me as an adult. I felt unworthy and desired the validation from others because I was never given that as a child, thus growing up feeling like I wasn't worthy of it because of the projection my caretakers put onto me, pain that wasn't mine to bear. And so after this epiphany, I began to heal myself by providing myself with the love, the validation and nurture I believed I needed from others. And I'm not telling you this for pity. I'm telling you this to provide you with authentic insight on what it is truly like to heal, forgive, and ultimately release all the heavy weight you may be carrying, either knowingly or unknowingly from your energy, so that you can be able to invite new, fresh, high-vibing energy. And contrary to what others may say, healing or what the spiritual community calls shadow work can be a very messy and difficult process. But the point is, it's not impossible. It can be done with dedication, nurture, and love. And that's where the two super ingredients come into play. Self-assurance and trust. Trust that you have your own back. Trust that you can and will get through it and trust it will get better because you are more than capable of making it so okay it's like a wound right if you don't take care of it it could get infected maybe even scar but if you attend to it nurture it and allow it to go through the necessary process it needs to go through in order to heal it will get better and The same can be said for scars that weren't properly treated. And so how to heal and scar itself, right? You can still attend to that wound. It's never too late. There are remedies. There are things that you can 
seek in order to treat it and make it better so that it's not that visible anymore. A lot of spiritual practitioners swear on meditation because of its tremendous healing capabilities, which is true. It it does heal, but also I find that they do not speak enough about how difficult it can be to master meditation, especially in the beginning stages. People just say, quiet the mind, like it's the cure to all issues, but come on, let's be real. If you ever attempted meditation, especially as a beginner, you more than likely took that advice in its literal sense and put so much focus and energy to quieting your mind. (laughs) Like, that you became frustrated, distracted, what was supposed to be relaxing and rejuvenating suddenly becomes a chore. And maybe you summed it up as something that is not for you that you cannot do and something that you will never try again and if that's not your case if you were able to master meditation the first time around then you got a superpower let me tell you (laughs) because that's that's no easy feat that comes with time and skill but if you had this experience just know you are not alone and know that you aren't meditating wrong and you shouldn't beat yourself up for it. You just weren't properly informed. Because to quiet your mind, like I said, is a process. Before you can see absolutely nothing when you close your eyes to meditate, you must first confront all the thoughts you have either suppressed or ignored for whatever reason when your eyes were open. And this is why I recommend beginning with a thought journal. And the awesome thing about this form of healing is that you can physically see how far you've come. And only when you are ready, and if you want, you can incorporate meditation and your thought journal together. I find that meditating with my thought journal is another form of healing because you can write your thoughts, your feelings, and overall experiences for each meditation session. But again, it's up to you. The most important thing is doing what feels right for you. Work with the sound of your own drum. Number one lesson. Now, for anyone wondering, no, I am not a medical professional. I am, however, someone who was diagnosed years ago with chronic anxiety and depression, and I have invested much of my time and energy to healing myself, mind, body, and soul by facing myself and learning to understand myself rather than judge myself with the eyes of love. Society conditions us, manipulates us to constantly judge rather than learn to understand. And once we decipher the two, well, for those of us on the journey to healing and transformation, we begin to realize that healing is not only possible, but it's, it's within our reach. And as a spiritual healer and practitioner, I devote myself into guiding and healing others that seek it. 
Because when I was going through this, I didn't have anyone. And I know how difficult that can be. So if you're tuning in and you feel like you can relate to this, just know that you aren't alone. And this is actually one of the motivating factors why I decided to go through with this podcast and launch this space. It's sacred and it's special for me. And I hope with time you can say the same. Which leads me to say, we're going to talk about anything and everything from esoteric symbolism, spirituality, healing, philosophy, mental health, and to put it simply, what it's like to be a spiritual being having a human experience. I absolutely love that quote. It sums up the vibes over here perfectly. And if that's something you're interested in, well, welcome to the fam, fam. I'm looking forward to unearthing where this journey takes us as we venture forward together. And I am eternally grateful to have found a space where I can be myself and speak freely about things with others that just get it, you know, my soul tribe. I want to take this moment to thank your guides and my guides and beautiful, amazing spirit for bringing us together in this beautiful moment. And wherever you may be, I send you my blessings and my love, and I'll catch you over on the next episode. Till then, keep shining and blessing this world with your light. We need it. Laters.